to your daily dose of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. We are not going back, not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live. Across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Hello, America and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell radio program. Delighted to be your source for common sense conservatism Monday through Friday. Busy, busy broadcasting hours every single day, 15 hours a week. We have a major interview right out of the gates here, my friends. I want to invite you to join us on the Wendy Bell radio network app where we live stream the whole show. And I also invite you to get our podcast, Wendy Bell Radio, so you can take us wherever you go. It is of vital importance. You know I don't give the monologue up for just anybody. But we are live in Hawaii, live in Lahaina, Hawaii, okay, where you know what's been going on, but you have no idea what's been going on. And you're going to hear the truth from the ground after this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. It is with shaking hands, because I am so angry to talk to you about what's been going on in Maui. And so I have a guest for you who's joining us live from the island. His name is not what his name really is. I'm going to give you an alias because this is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. We're residents of the United States of America who've been assaulted by their own government. Have to hide in the shadows to tell you the truth. I'm going to say his name is Phil Smith. Phil, I want to welcome you to the program, sir. What on earth is going on in Lahaina, sir? Aloha, Wendy. Thank you so much. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start. There's so much going on. Uh, We can kind of start back at the fires, the day of the fires, and give you my experience. Um, I live approximately about five, ten minutes north of the burn zone. Um. We lost power early morning before we could even have a cup of coffee. We had no warnings of what was happening. We pretty much had no idea there was a fire at that point. Um, Later in the afternoon, we started noticing vehicles start pulling up into our parking lots, and, you know, all these families started pouring out, and that's when we heard that, you know, Lahaina is on fire. Um, We lost our great town. Uh, We lost the first capital of Hawaii, but... 
it's not just basically everyone north of Lahaina that's lost everything. It's actually the Hawaiian people themselves. You know, Lahaina is huge, huge population of our residential community. Um, practically with the Lahaina, uh, there is just so much that's questionable for that first day. Um, why was the power cut off here five, ten minutes north when the power was ultimately causing the second fire is what we heard. Um, the fire wasn't even contained. You know, police were blocking traffic because of power lines. But if the power lines were active, then why didn't we have power up here? You know, there's just so many questions that are still going unanswered. Uh, a lot of the things have to do with, um, you know, our elected officials not even listening to us. You know, we're going on deaf's ears. Uh, we don't get any information that comes through, you know, other than our local news sources, which pretty much hide a lot of that information as well. Um, it's kind of sporadic left and right, but uh, for a lot of people, a lot of the residents that are in that were living in Lahaina in that burn zone right now, some of them are in the hotels. A lot of them have moved away to kind of be with other family members, whether on the mainland on the other side of the island, or even on different islands right now. Our focus generally as an entire community is to bring everybody back to Lahaina. That's been our primary goal. That's been our main focus, and nobody is ultimately listening. Um, it's for, It's been 42 days now since the fire. I think actually, it's going on 43 days. Uh, not one resident that has been indirectly affected by the fires, has received any kind of financial assistance aid. We're talking about small businesses, so on and so forth. We have FEMA that went around door-to-door asking people to sign up and deny us a week later. They tell us to contact the SBA. You know, for those that own small businesses, contact the SBA, and for some reason a lot of people have been denied and have to go through another process to try to get some aid. Um, a lot of people that are on unemployment or expecting uh, DUA, which is the disaster unemployment, um, everything is just pending right now. Nothing has been really processed. A lot of the donations that, you know, people have been given, um, nobody has really seen it on the forefront. You know, that's why so many backhand areas like Gifts and Go, Venmos and everything were really, really important right now because people are looking to get money into the hands of people that need it the most. Unfortunately, our government has kind of failed us left and right in every single direction and still will not listen to us. So do you have a job? Do you have money? Do you have food? Like, is the, are they helping you? Is anybody, is, what's going on in that regard? So, no, I don't have any money. Most people are broke right now. Um, some of the supermarkets are open. We can't go shopping in them. Nobody has money. You know, there are some visitors that are out here right now, and a lot of visitors that are coming out are, you know, donating some of their time to volunteer and assist. But, I mean, it's it's one of those things right now where the community is mainly concerned for all the fire-affected uh, residents that are inside the hotels. We are trying to get them into homes. We're trying to keep them on this side of the island, and we're trying to make sure that their properties and the way Lahaina gets restructured and rebuilt is done by them. They're overlooking everything. And to kind of go further into it, I mean, 
these are people who's, who lived on these properties for generations and generations and generations. Their ancestors' bones are buried on their properties. And right now, there's a huge, giant fence up. You can only go in with supervised um, personnel. You have to wear hazmat um, clothes and everything to actually get into the burn zone to look at the property before they turn you around and send you back. It's not like something you can go on your own. There's checkpoints set up everywhere. Uh, the first week of the fires, we weren't even allowed to drive over to the other side of the island. We were trapped on this side. You know, they had vehicles coming through, but, I mean, at some point, we were smuggling baby diapers. You know, this is, it was getting really, really ridiculous. Um, once the governor came here, he basically, you know, stated that, oh, you know, all these investors and real estate agents are calling for the land. He's going to do something better and take the land. You know, so the state took the land. You know, that's one thing that, Yes, it could have been good, but no, it's also still not good because the route that he took the land, they already had an agenda. They already had a plan to set up Lahaina the way they wanted to. This is completely disrespectful to the local communities, especially folks that have their ancestors in the ground. My man, this has been going on. This has been in the works since 2011, I think, if my research proves me correct. Correct. We've seen all the videos. Hitachi did a video talking about smart cities. We know all the entities that are involved trying to push for this. And if you actually watch a lot of the Maui testimonials, everybody knows. Everyone's talking about it. And Hurricane Lane, we had Hurricane Lane back in, I think it was 2018 or 2019. It literally almost took out Lahaina. The fire started the same way. Wind, you know, electrical lines, Lahaina's almost gone. You know, everybody came up north. But from that point, after we saved Lahaina Town, to this point, nobody here on the west side has seen any kind of anything to deal with actually safety, uh, making sure fires don't happen, even actually having controlled fires or anything here and there. Nothing was done. So by the time Hurricane Dora hit and we had these fires you know, and most of our hurricanes actually, you know what, we haven't had a hurricane that's actually hit Maui in over 80 years, but we do get high winds. We sometimes do get rain and everything that come from it. This was specifically high winds that came in a direction that we usually don't get. You know, a lot of the firemen that I've been talking to and everything kind of explained in detail what's really happened. You know, the first electrical line that went down caused a spark, caused the first fires. It was supposedly supposed to be contained. The fire crew went to other fires on the island. Now, we had a lot of fires that one day. It wasn't just Lahaina. We had one in Olinda. We had one in Kula. Kula is neighboring Oprah's 2,000-acre property. Uh, We had one in Kihei, which neighbors Oprah's Road going down into Wailea. We had one on the Pauli Highway, which was the highway to get to Lahaina. We had two in Lahaina. And we had one in Kaunapali Hillside where all the mansions are. So we're limited on, you know, first responders. Our first responders were scattered all over the place, but we also didn't get the same respect Hurricane Aniki got when all the military personnel started jumping around to the island and made it there right away. You know, that was severely delayed. So our firemen did the best they could, but at the same time, they ran out of water. Their fire trucks were melting, so they couldn't use their fire trucks and had to pull, you know, 
other people out and try to run back. I, I mean, there was an instance where there was a police vehicle that they went and stole and brought into the fire zone because they couldn't get their fire truck out. And they had to resuscitate one of the firemen because he collapsed as they were bringing him over to the police vehicle. And then they drove the police vehicle out of the fire to make sure that, one, all of them survive, and two, before that police vehicle starts to melt. I, I'd never so, seen, I've never seen a fire behave like that. I, I've just got to say, Phil, and, and what I want to do is I want to push pause on this. We're listening to a, a man who lives just a, a few minutes north of this burn zone in Lahaina on Maui, and he's giving us this story about why he has to be anonymous. We're going to walk into that door in, in just a moment with him, and I'm going to tell you why we can't give you his real name, how serious the police state is, how far gone parts of this great United States already are, ladies and gentlemen, jaw-dropping next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's get back out to Lahaina. I want to talk to our friend. We're calling him Phil because we can't tell you his real name. Tell us uh, why you can't be honest with who you are, even just talking to me or being on social media. Why Why is that? Uh, well, it actually is a huge problem here in Hawaii. Uh, a lot of people kind of experience it a little too late. But once you've been out here for a while, you kind of understand some of the reasons why. Um I don't ever post my face. I don't, I mean, my social media, you won't see my real face. You'll never see me post a picture of myself. You might see me post a picture of my dogs, but even that is pushing it. The reason why is out here, if someone doesn't agree with you and you're not agreeing with the leadership in charge, you're going to get what's known as blasted out here. Blasted means that they're going to take your picture, take whatever information that, you, that they have of you your boss's information, so on and so forth, and they'll blast that information out to social media. Because it's a small island, someone knows somebody. That person will tell you who that person is, and bam, you got a knock at your door. And the knock so at the door is... is and the knock at the, yeah, the knock at the door is who, and they're asking you to do what? It could be anybody. It could, I mean, the knock at the door could be someone like coming over to fight you, or it could be, you know, someone trying to get you fired from your job by calling your boss. It could, I mean, it could literally destroy your life. And it has to a couple people. There was a gentleman who raised a million dollars and he was going to donate it to all the people of Hawaii, of Maui that were actually affected. Unfortunately, he was going around with his face, you know, doing YouTube videos and everything. And, of course, right now it wasn't the time and the place to do YouTube videos, but he had to try to raise the money. He was doing, you know, a good deed with his heart. He raised over a million dollars, and unfortunately, somebody on another portion of the island was bad-mouthing him, you know, under the disguise of another, you know, uh, account that doesn't show their face or anything like that. So that went viral across the islands to watch out for this guy. He's a real estate agent. He's trying to, you know, buy up all the properties and everything. And that was not the case. A lot of people, if you're not on the same narrative as the leadership is, you are going to deal with that. I've dealt with it. You know, I started a give, send, go. And 
I, I've dealt with it every single day. How are you getting? You know? how, how are you getting food to one another? So it's not FEMA coming in. Is FEMA helping out? Are they distributing food? Are there places you guys can go to get supplies that you need and resources? I mean, how often are you being contacted? Uh, FEMA is actually enjoying their vacation at the five-star resorts with sunset views and all of that. They're not helping anybody north of, you know, the fires. The only people that are really kind of being helped, or actually I should say that were helped, were at the beginning stages. Now it's just we just see FEMA employees sitting around not doing anything, waiting to get off of work. Meanwhile, at the end of the day, someone comes, picks them up, they take them to the resorts, and there are a ton of resorts hosting either fire survivors, FEMA, and now um, a lot of the homeless population that have not even been affected by the fires. So they're moving homeless people into the five-star resorts? Yes, ma'am. Um, Red Cross does not discriminate is their excuse for that. That's we, gonna... have, we have homeless people in the resorts right now that are defecating in people's units. We have homeless people that are screaming and yelling in hallways. We had a homeless person the first week they were starting to do this OD'd in the, in the street. You know, a lot of the fire survivors right now in the hotels, some of them have lost their families. Some of them have lost their entire lives. And what FEMA and the Red Cross kind of constantly keeps doing to them is, okay, you spent a week at this hotel, let's move you into another hotel. Oh, we have housing for you on the other side of the island or in another island. Oh, we can't find you housing here because a lot of these vacation rentals are trying to charge like six to 10000 a month. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing after the next for the fire survivors, and ultimately all we're trying to do is just get them into a house, get them to stay here on the island. But with FEMA's uh, disaster aid and the state, it kind of combined to help the fire survivors out for 18 months. Now, you and I will look at that and go, oh, my God, that's wonderful. Yes, let's give them 18 months. But this is 18 months off island. Can you go and live somewhere else for a year and a half and then come back to your property, you know, even if you get an opportunity to help build it the way you want it, will you be able to come back? Or, I mean, are you setting it up for someone just to buy it and you're done with it? I was going to ask you, I've got 15 seconds before I got to get to this break. Yes or no, do you believe this is one of the largest land grabs in modern history? Absolutely. Is that what this boils down to? This is. Absolutely. All right, I want to talk to you about the kids. I want to talk to you about the missing. I want to talk to you about the lack of media coverage, zero national media coverage. I've talked about it on my Newsmax show. I'm on an island, literally. And that, in fact, is how Phil and I connected. We're going to have more from Maui, what is really going on, what is really happening, what they don't want you to know, and what he's risking to let us know. Don't go anywhere. It's next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program, my friends. I want to get back on the phone. A friend of ours, we're going to call him Phil. He is a resident uh, just a few miles away from the burn zone of Lahaina on Maui. And I want to ask you, Phil, I want to ask you about the, the black fencing i want to ask you about your ability to 
to take photos or videos of any of of the zones, what you did see before they shut you down. What's going on in regard of getting the information out to the world about what you guys are living every day? Uh, Well, literally the second day on, uh, we didn't have that fencing uh, after the fires happened. I mean, when they opened the roads up finally for us, we could drive through. We just weren't able to take certain streets down, but we could see everything that was happening. I mean, there were still places that were still smoldering. Uh, some places were still even on fire. You know, the fire really didn't get 100% contained until further out after the fire destroyed, you know, Lahaina Town. When the black um, fencing started going up, it was primarily for the reason of visitors not being able to pull over and take pictures of the fire zone. But ultimately for us, it's none of us were pulling over to take pictures of the fire zone. You know, a lot of people wanted to make sure if their house was still standing or not. Um, Now, if you actually even pull over, you can risk getting arrested in those areas to where you can actually see down there. Uh, There are National Guard checkpoints that go through to where you're not allowed to go in unless you go with um, Samaritan's Purse or uh, FEMA themselves. Um, but as far as any resident or visitor, if you pull over, you're going to have a police car right behind you within mere seconds. If you get out, if you try to take a picture, you can get arrested. It's like a $5,000 fine that the governor incorporated for people, and ultimately um, that's another reason why news reporters really can't report the news out here because they can't show you anything to report on. Is there any pushback against that? There's been a lot of pushback against it, but you're labeled a conspiracy theorist. Um, they even label you as a China or Russia asset. They've even gone out and said that, you know, these conspiracy theorists don't believe in the Holocaust and so on and so forth. And that's what they try to spin the narrative to. Um, our city council on Maui recently just put together kind of testimonials and to start an investigation into what really happened because nobody still knows we don't get that information we get the mix counts going up and down every single day and eventually after 41 days everyone's lost count you know in terms of how many people died 48 are off the list 248 are back on the list one day you know it's just it gets super confusing yeah i was going to ask you how many people have just disappeared how many people have stopped They've stopped looking for, and they're hoping that we'll just forget, because at the very beginning, Phil, you'll remember, they said a 1,000 people missing. And now I look and it says only 90-odd confirmed dead, one child. Are they thinking that we're believing this? And how many do you actually think perished in those fires? Well, you know, the one child, the story came on the news. That's all we heard about the one child. That night, however, when the fires were happening, people were looking for their kids. People were saying their kids were, you know, taken out of school and just sent home while their parents were working. We can't get that information because those people are inside the resorts. We cannot go inside the resorts because they're keeping the fire survivors separate from us. If the fire survivors come out of the resorts and come into the normal communities, we can absolutely see our friends that we knew and go, oh, my God, thank God you're alive, you're safe. But Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you guys are being segregated from each other. 
Yeah, absolutely. If they don't have if they don't have vehicles, they're going to have to call one of our the friends that they know, family members that are you know living north of the area, or they can take shuttle transportation services outside the resorts. Now the resorts they have nothing open for them. There's no pools. There's no bars. There's no restaurants. There's nothing like that. You know, most of the people that work in those areas are actually laid off at home, waiting to either get back to work, looking for unemployment, financial aid, because right now it's almost been three months for most of us, and our landlords and everything haven't been paid yet. What what about your access to information? Like, are you able to watch the news or or to cell phone? Like, you guys are able to communicate with with survivors who, who managed to survive the fire. Do you have that sort of stuff available to you? We have the news if you want to go ahead and be manipulated, but a lot of us refer to Coconut Wireless. Um, we get it right from the source. Our main news is actually on social media right now. You know, that, that's how we're getting all of our information across. That's how we're finding out where people need to go for food. Um, I remember when you asked me earlier, like, how are we getting food? Well, we have four distribution sites on the west side. One of them is practically FEMA, which is canned food in boxes and spam and Vienna sausage and rice. Nothing very nutritious whatsoever. The other three are community locations. Now, if you go to the community locations, you can get a dozen eggs. You can get milk. You can get fresh vegetables. You can get a tent if you need something. You know, you can get uh, baby carriages, whatever. Whatever you need are at the community centers. And these were donations that originally came through that people had to hide and sneak away from the Red Cross. Um, the Red Cross was coming and finding out that we had these donations. Uh, there was actually even a Costco executive that purchased all of this Costco food and brought it out, you know, to the base camp uh, up in Nepali. And the, literally, there was federal firemen uh, that came from Oahu that had to act as security. We, we were expecting these guys to also go into the burn zone to help with investigations, but no, they were denied access and they had to stay as security. Now, the federal fire guys were seeing and witnessing Red Cross coming through with their bins, and late at night when no one's coming up to get the good food, they would take it and put it in these bins, and all of a sudden half of the food and everything was gone. Pretty much after about a week and a half, all we had were like canned foods, toiletries, approved food is what the Red Cross, when we asked them what happened to the other food, they said the other food was not approved. This is approved food. They're not approving fresh fruits and vegetables for you guys? No, nothing that Costco gave us. None of the, none of the things. And I mean, a lot of people here shop at Costco, you know? It, it, it got to the extent to where we were starting hearing rumors that, you know, anybody that saw Red Cross, it was kind of, you're dealing with trouble. We had kids that were doing peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for people. The Red Cross told them they couldn't do it. We had uh, restaurants that literally were not open, and they had to use their food. And for the first few weeks, these restaurants were opening their doors and providing free food to everyone. You know, uh, World Central Kitchen came out, and that's an organization where they gathered all the chefs, started getting all the food donations that were coming through, like the fresh stuff, creating meals for everyone, and passing it around. You could go to FEMA and Red Cross and get canned food. You know, so it's like the community was definitely taking more care of each other than the entities that need to provide that, you know, service for us. 
that aid. And now they're squeezing you guys as residents, as locals, from even helping each other. I saw Ivanka Trump, Trump flew in. You didn't hear about that as she distributed God knows how much of the fresh supplies that you guys need. Oh, we heard about that. We didn't notice America heard about that. Our news didn't display it. Our news isn't even talking about it. Our news ignored it. Our news hyped up Biden, you know, coming out here. But if you actually watch the real footage of what, like, Hawaii News Now kind of replicated and put music behind it, nobody here likes what Biden did. Nobody here likes Biden at all, honestly, on the West Side. When Biden showed up, he came down, he was laughing and joking. All of the politicians that have not been behind us were laughing and joking with him. And then he went to the ceremony, a serious ceremony, right? We were giving him a chance to be polite. And what does he do? He falls asleep. How many? How many? You know, it's, it's just absolutely disgraceful. You know, it took him, what, three vacations to come out here? It's not right. You know, President Trump actually was the first person to get on camera and actually give us a heartfelt, you know, care, like, hey, we care about you. We love you. We know what you're going through and everything. That's the first thing we really heard from the mainland coming through from any kind of politician. Our politicians right now, Maisie Hirono, Brian Schatz, Governor Green, you know, even our, our mayor is completely silent. We haven't heard from him, you know, in a long time. What's the vibe but on the Green? Other- What's the vibe on Green? Because I know you guys, because of Honolulu, Oahu, I know you guys as Hawaiian islands look like you vote very Democrat. But you say that's not necessarily always the case. What's the vibe on your leadership? Because it's not leadership. It's corruption ship. It's exactly it. Um, you can actually research a lot of the corrupt officials going back the past 20 years and see how many corrupt officials that they pop left and right to put in prison. You know, corruption is a thing out here in the political game. There are a lot of politicians that take bribes. There are a lot of, you know, inconsistencies that do happen and everything. And a lot of the narrative that comes from that, you don't definitely want to talk against. You know, you could be targeted next. Do you think their goal, first of all, how many people do you think truly died in those fires? And and by the way, am I the only one who thinks it's very odd for for flames to travel hundreds of yards and jump into the sea to burn all the all the boats there? Am I am I off base here, Phil? Are you talking about the blowtorch tornado is what we're referring it to? That would be the one. Yeah. Uh, when, when I talked to the federal firemen that came here from Oahu, I asked them about it. And they, they themselves, these are the people that know fires. These are the people that were training the firemen. Most of these guys were actually on military bases. And one of their you know, technical advisors told me the forensics does not make sense. And it doesn't to us. It doesn't to us. You know, one thing that, you know, I have to add in there, Lahaina is a place where there was a lot of propane tanks. We had three gas stations that exploded and everything. So those are explosions of that all around. However, you know, what, what really doesn't make sense to us is how do you block everyone off on Front Street? And yet the fire came in so fast that people couldn't get out of their cars and perished away in their vehicles. You know, they didn't even have a chance to get out. 
how fast does that fire have to move and how hot does that fire have to be to do that to someone? How many people do you think you guys lost? You know, the last count was 115. Most of us really don't know. We think it's a little higher than that. Um, there was there was a portion when a news outlet actually said, you know, oh, the remaining people that are going to be unaccounted for, they're just going to declare them dead. You know, so, I mean, it could be upwards up to 500, I think. What they're telling us, 97. Um, I mean, they keep giving us random excuses. Oh, you know, we had two different sets of DNA that matched. How do you have two different sets of DNA that match when you're investigating one item right there? You know, so a lot of the counts are confusing to us. You know, people have tried to track the counts back and forth and everything, and now they're even confused on what the actual count is. You know, we had a, a news report that went out that said uh, 1,770-something like kids did not register for school for the next week that the school was starting. Well, once we opened up the roads, a lot of people left the islands. They were getting no aid. They got no cell phone service, nothing like that. You know, you went from third world Hawaii, which was Maui on the west side, to first world Hawaii, which was Maui on the other side of the island, to get phone service. You know, people were going over there and getting pizza, and we were just, like, shocked that pizza is a thing still. You know, but a lot of people had to leave. A lot of people took their kids and went and stayed with families, you know. Now, once the FBI reports and the Maui Police Department, you know, list that came through, they're two totally separate lists that they're trying to put together. It so just, that's where all the confusion is really happening with And that's we the point. That's the point, I, I, I think. Squeeze you out of your resources, scare you into silence, dox you if you speak the truth, um, starve you of food, and chase you away so they can steal your land, which is what they wanted to do from the beginning. Phil, hang tight. We've got one more segment with you, and I want to know what we can do. And, and what the, what's the one question nobody is asking? Chew on that. We're back on the Wendy Bell Radio program right after this. All right, I want to I want to welcome back our friend. We're going to call him Phil. He's calling us from very close to the burn zone in Lahaina. And I want to ask you, what is the end game in your mind? What do you believe is the end game of all of this? We don't have to get into conspiracy theories about how the fire started and blah, blah, blah. That's for another day. It will come. The truth will come. But what do you believe is the end game? Is it to chase all of you off of that island or at least that segment of it? What do you think? Um, I strongly feel that way, as many other residents do as well. Right now, we're given until mid-October, right? There's a moratorium in for evictions, you know, to where nobody can get evicted until that point. But when that point comes, people are backed up three months with the rent and haven't gotten any kind of financial aid. Unemployment will not even cover a month once they receive all of their unemployment. So by our governor officials ignoring us, of course that's going to happen. Everyone knows it. I did a poll on my social media, and everyone's, like, fearing that they're going to get evicted. You know, we have a lot of um, private owners that actually have management companies, and for the management companies and some of the, you know, private owners – um, they want these people out because it's an opportunity for them to bump up their rates more. However, I mean, if they really kind of look at it, they're not going to be bringing anybody else in. The only work anyone can really do now on this side is work at the hotels. 
You know, there's nothing else for us here. Lahaina is gone. So if you want to work at the hotels, you're getting minimum wage, which is like $15 an hour. And some of the jobs actually have tips. Some of the hotels are union if you happen to be inside that hotel. However, a lot of the people that worked in those hotels aren't on this side of the island anymore. You know, some of the people are, are, are homeless. They, they're living in the hotels because their homes burned down and are going to have to go back to work. So we're, we're going to have an influx of people that are going to get kicked out of the hotels, that are not going to have a place to stay, that are going to be forced to go away from this side of the island. And at the same time, we're going to have a lot of people getting evicted because they won't be able to pay their bills and everything and also be forced off the island. Then cue the development, bring in the big rigs, let's start it up. We're hearing that, you know, a lot of federal aid that's coming in, it's going to take about seven years or so for Lahaina to be rebuilt. You know, they're giving people 18 months to kind of be away to start their lives over. You know, I mean, how many of these residents that lived in Lahaina that have homes there are going to be able to come back? You know, I mean, ultimately, the government response that we're looking for is for them to be there for the people, go through, help them out, give them their land back and everything. But at every single direction that we try, none of the government officials want to listen to the local public. You know, our county council is helping us out. And even our own government officials are actually calling them conspiracy theorists for trying to even operate an investigation. Oh, my gosh. What is the what is the thing that's not being asked. What is the thing that you want everybody out there to know? I mean, there's there's just so many things. What I want to know is why isn't the government helping us? All of our tax money went into it. Your donations went into it. Where is this money gone? Where is this money going? You know, how many people have actually died? Why can't we have an investigation? You know, why can't we help the people mourn for their families, you know? Why do we have to open up so fast to start tourism and start making our own money when the government needed to help us? You know, there's just so many questions. It's hard to put it into one question. And I don't think you'll, this is an impossible question. Describe talking to somebody who's lost it all. You know, they've, they've lost, I mean, it's, I have a couple friends who have lost it all that are in the hotels losing their minds losing their minds. Their next-door neighbors are people screaming and yelling because they got drunk. You know, they get out of the hallways and all they're doing is smelling drugs and have to go back in. You know, these are people that are trying to just, you know, have a little bit of closure and unfortunately it might lead to a high rate of suicide coming up. How do we give to you? You know, there's there's a lot of, you know, places right now that are doing local donations. Um, I started a Give, Send, Go under Maui underscore fire um, that people can actually donate to. Um, and what we're doing is trying to get like gift cards out to people door to door, you know, through the hotels and everything, because nobody here has been collecting any aid, you know. And the number one thing a lot of people need is a little extra money to go and buy their pet food, you know, to go and buy, you know, items of clothing, you know, to, to pay their bills. You know, I mean, to tell you something else that's horrible, we all know Hawaiian Electric, right? We we all are hearing about all the investigations and everything happening to that. But the biggest, worst thing that any entity or company can do was what Hawaiian Electric just did to most of the residents here, is send us our bill. 
Oh my gosh. Stop. They literally Stop. burned our town down. Stop. Took no. people's lives away I, and they, sent us a bill saying, when are you going to pay us? Thank you for trusting me. You come back. Again, I'm calling him Phil. It's not his name. This is your government. You're tuned in to the Wendy Bell Radio Network back after this.